Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Well, praise God, family of God. Welcome to another Pathway to Faith broadcast here at Harvest Church where Jesus is Lord in Kansas City, Missouri. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wanna give a shout out to the members of Harvest Church, to our E-Church, all of our branch churches and all of our, our guests all around the world. I pray tonight that you'll be blessed. We kind of uh, uh, sidestep some of the things that we normally would do in midweek service. Just wanna go right into the word of God. I know many of you have been highly involved in a lot of things. Your children been graduating, you've been graduating. Uh, just been a lot of things that's been going on and we're just wanting to thank God. We celebrate all of the graduates all around the world. We celebrate our preschoolers, those who are leaving middle school, going to high school, and those who've left high school going on to higher learning or technical school. We certainly celebrate your academic accomplishments, and we just thank the Lord for you. So tonight, I think this word won't be long, but I think it's really pertinent and relevant. Now that you've had a certain measure of academic accomplishments, it is so vitally important that you stay single-minded about your purpose and your destiny. And so tonight I want to minister about don't be double-minded. Come on, say that with me. Don't be double-minded. Hallelujah. Go ahead and put up my first nugget. We're going to run through them. I know we're pressing time, but I know a lot of people are kind of tired. And I just want to give them a shot in the arm tonight. I hope that would just propel them to go on and... Uh, Take another step of faith in the things of God. Notice what nugget number one says. It says, are you double-minded? Well, I know you're not double-minded, but perhaps you know somebody who's double-minded. And so this message tonight, I mean, I pray that you pay close attention because you're going to be able to help your friend, your neighbor, your co-worker to stop being double-minded and single-minded so they can be all of what God had called them to be. Nugget number two, please. Your spirit mind and your physical mind are two separate entities within you. Come on, say it again. Your spirit mind and your physical mind are two separate entities within you. Nugget number three. The devil will not get to you unless you get too far away from God. Come on, let's say it again. The devil cannot get to you. He cannot put his hands on you unless you drift too far away from God. Let's go to nugget number four. Nugget number four. The key to a victorious Christian life is training your physical mind to agree with your born again spirit mind. Oh my, yes, sir. That's powerful. The key to a victorious Christian life. You see, you can be a Christian and be defeated. But Jesus paid a price not only for you to be saved, but for you to walk in victory in every area of your life. And the key to a victorious Christian life is training your physical mind to agree with your spirit mind. Is that good? Let's close it with nugget number five. Single-mindedness brings stability. Single-mindedness brings 
stability. Again, the title of the message tonight is Don't Be Double-Minded. Come on, tell yourself, don't be double-minded. Tell somebody in the room, don't be double-minded. Somebody said, well, nobody in the room with me but my dog, my cat, the fish. Well, tell the cat, tell the dog, there's the fish in the fish tank. Don't be double-minded. Amen? Let's go to James, James chapter 1. James chapter number 1. Now, we know James was the oldest half-brother of Jesus. James, the author of the book of James, was the oldest uh, half-brother of Jesus. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was in the earth, his brother James was an unbeliever prior to the resurrection. So he didn't become a believer until after the resurrection of his brother. As a matter of fact, James, the half-brother of Jesus, was the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Isn't that awesome? James, the half-brother of Jesus, was the first pastor of the church in Jerusalem. Are you in James chapter 1? I think I've given you enough time to get there. Look at verse number 6 for the sake of time. Well, let, 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 back up to verse number 1. I, I think you'll understand a little better. Uh, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, uh, notice, listen to what the half-brother of Jesus said. And I'm going to make it plain to you. He said, my brethren. Now, now, the book of James is probably the most Israelite Jewish book in all the New Testament. Because James, the half-brother of Jesus, he writes this book to his Jewish brothers. Look, look what he says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How in the world could the half-brother of Jesus say this? Look, look, let's go on. But let patience have its perfect work. How many could use a little more patience? Let me throw up my other hand. How many have gotten in trouble for the lack of patience? Yeah, thank God for his mercy and his grace. But James says, let patience have its perfect work that you may be able to be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given him. Look at the next verse. This is where we want to be. But let him ask in faith. So you don't get it unless you ask. And you don't get it unless you ask in faith. Oh, my goodness. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Look at this last verse. Why? He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. How many ways? In all his ways. Now, I want you to listen to this in the, the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. I'll start with verse, uh, verse number six. This is the New Living Translation. But when you ask him, 
Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Ooh -wee. When you ask him, look, look, look on your screen. But when you ask him, be sure, be sure what? That your faith is in God alone. Not God in something else. But in God alone. Let's, let's, let's go on. But in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty. For a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown, blowing and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided. Is your loyalty divided? The half-brother of Jesus said that you're asking of God, but you're not asking in faith. Faith, And when you ask of God, you're not asking of God alone. You see, when you ask God for something, you don't have a plan B. Oh, Jesus, that's good. Loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive Anything from the Lord, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything that they do. What a powerful, powerful word. In the name of Jesus, I command my spirit mind and my physical mind to be on one accord in Jesus' name. I was just praying for myself. Because, amen, I see the consequences of being double-minded. The word of God says when you're double-minded, that person is not to expect to receive anything from God Almighty. Can somebody say amen? Now, I want to draw your attention to verse number eight. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Their loyalty is divided between God and who? God and who? God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. Good God of mercy. Now look at verse number six. But let him ask in what? But let him ask in faith. Come on, say it in your house. Let him ask what? Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Oh, my. I know this has never happened to you. But there has been times when I simply have not believed God. I, I know not you, so I'm preaching to myself tonight. But just putting honesty on the table, there have been occasions more than once. Yeah, more than twice. More than five times in my walk with God. I just have to just go ahead and be honest that there are times uh, that, that uh, uh, I, I thought I was trusting God. But when it didn't look like God was showing up on the time limit that I had given him, uh, my palms got sweaty, which was a sign that I was uh, uh, in some neighborhood they would say fitting to. Yeah, the, the, the sweating of my palms was a sign that I was about to. I was starting to, uh, to get nervous. I was, I was starting to entertain doubt. I was starting to entertain the thought that maybe God is not going to come through this time. I know, I know you've never been there, 
But there's been times when I simply have not believed God. Now, don't misunderstand me when I say that there have been times that I've struggled in believing God. I'm not talking about my salvation. I, I don't struggle at all that I'm saved. I know that I'm a child of God. But so I'm not, I, I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. He, heaven is already checked. It, it's already been taken care of. But I'm not in heaven yet. I'm still down here in the earth. I'm still in Kansas City. And as I'm walking with God in the earth realm, there are occasions when I face situations and circumstances and obstacles. And it seems like the devil has just thrown all hell at me. And I'm, I'm crying out to God. And it doesn't seem to me at the moment like God has heard my prayer and that he's moving on my behalf. And I know you've never been there. There have been times when I started doubting and and I started wavering, not about my salvation, but I started wavering as to whether or not God is going to come through for me on this particular situation. Is there anybody have ever been there besides me tonight? Hallelujah. They would, they would say in my neighborhood, uh, heaven is all right, but down here on the earth where the rubber meets the road. You, you, you know that saying, where, where, the, where the rubber meets the road is where I have my problems sometimes. I don't have a problem believing that when the trumpet sound, we which are alive and remain will be caught up after the dead in Christ will rise. No problem. I know I'm saved by the grace and the mercies of God. I know I'm saved. If I were to die today, I know heaven would be my eternal home. No question. But until I get to heaven, while I'm here in the earth, there are occasions. I know I'm by myself. Everybody else got angels wings. But, but while I'm here on the earth, there has been occasions when, when I doubted God, even when I said I was believing him. Didn't look like I was going to get the house. Didn't look like enough money was going to come in to keep the lights on. It didn't look like I was going to get the promotion. It just didn't look like things were really going to work out. And the time that I had set for God to do what I needed him to do, I, I, I got to raise my hand again. There have been times when God passed my deadline. Oh, geez, I can't get no help tonight. But there's been times when, when God passed my deadline and I got nervous and began to waver as to whether or not if God is going to, is he going to come through like he said? Am I preaching to myself or somebody else know, know what I'm talking about? I, I want us to read again uh, uh, verse number six. James 1 verse 6, particularly the latter part. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Look what it says in the B part. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven, driven and tossed by the winds. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. So there are occasions when we say, and I have said, uh, you know, uh, I believe God is going to work things out. Anybody else ever said that? You know, some of your friends, some of your sanctified friends show up 
you know, realizing that uh, your deadline is passed. And uh, just to try to be, you know, real spiritual to him, you, you know, you'll dig real deep and say, you know, uh, uh, I, I, I believe with all my heart God is going to work this thing out. Whatever this is, whatever this is in your life. I, I, I believe that God is going to work this thing out. And then we jump, uh, at, uh, we jump at the situation in, in our own strength and we try to make something happen. We say with our mouth, you know, no matter what it looks like, I believe, come on, say it. I believe God is going to work this thing out. Yeah, yeah. Then we jump at it ourselves and make our own decisions. I believe God is going to work this situation out. And then after we get finished testifying, then we move it. We move out and jump and start making decisions on our own on what to do. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, let's look again at verse number seven. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Oh, that's powerful. If you are going to work out your problems yourself, then God cannot work them out for you. If you're going to work out your problems yourself, then you don't need God to work them out. As a matter of fact, when you try to work them out yourself, you tie God's hands. Because if you say you're trusting God to do it, then let him do it. Glory be to Jesus. Is this good news? If you're going to work it out, work out your problems for yourself, then God cannot work out your problems. And I don't know about you, but I'm not smart enough to work out some of the problems I've created. Now, I like to think that I'm pretty smart, but I have bumped into a number of situations where my brain couldn't comprehend my situation. And, and I needed help from somebody, ooh, Jesus, who is smarter than me. Have you ever been there <laughs> where you needed help from somebody who was smarter than you, that was smarter than your husband, that was smarter than your wife, that was smarter than the professor at the university? that was smarter than the diploma you're having on the wall, you needed help. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And so since God is smarter than all of us put together, and he said if we'll let him work it out, he'll work it out, why don't we have enough faith to get out of the way and let him work it out? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hosea the prophet said to the children of Israel, he said that they were like silly doves. He said they were like silly doves when they faced challenges and situations. Uh, the children of Israel, when they got in trouble on one occasion, they went to Egypt seeking help. And, and they, they didn't find any help. And, and then, then they went to Assyria trying to get help. And, and they didn't find any help. And they'd done all these things, but they never turned to God. But they never turned to God for help. Brothers and sisters... When a problem comes up, go where you can get real help. Ooh, geez, I'm going to say that again to my brothers and my sisters in Christ. When you when you're facing a problem or a dilemma and things surface and come up in your life, I want you to go where you can get some real help. And notice I didn't just say help. I said real help. I said real help because when God helps you, he won't tell on you. Whatever God pull you out of, uh, he won't spread the news through the city. 
It'll be just between you and God. Oh, Jesus. When, when, when you start out your day, make a commitment to turn it over to God. So, so make a practice starting right now that the next time God bless you to see the sunrise, b- before you put your feet on the floor real good, you tell, you decree to the heavens and you release into the atmosphere that, that by the power of Almighty God, I'm turning everything over that would possibly happen today, I make a commitment to turn it all over to God. Ooh, Jesus. And I believe that every step I take and every move I make, that God is orchestrating my footsteps. Hallelujah to Jesus. So your nugget number two, remember, it says that uh, your spirit mind and physical mind are two separate entities within you. And when they don't agree, double-mindedness occurs. Your spirit mind, your recreated spirit mind, and your physical mind are two separate entities. And they're both within you. And when they don't agree, when your spirit mind, your born-again recreated spirit mind, don't agree with your physical mind, then double-mindedness manifest. And so Paul, you remember, to the church at Rome in chapter number 12, he charged the believers, he said, be not conformed to this world, yes, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're to delve into the word of God. We're to meditate on the word of God. We're to speak the word of God. We're to talk about the word of God. We're to intake the word of God. We're to to chew on the word of God. We're to digest the word of God because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. We need to meditate on the word of God day and night. And when we do that, glory be to Jesus, then we force our physical mind to line up with our spiritual mind because, listen now, your spirit mind always agrees with God. Our challenge is getting our physical mind to agree with our spirit mind. Is this helping anybody at all? I said, is this helping anybody at all? Let's close with this in James chapter 4. My time is gone. James chapter 4. And let's look at verse number 8. I really want the latter part of it. But look at this. Don't be double-minded. Look at the half-brother of Jesus. He says, draw near to God. And he will what? He will draw near to you. Look what he says in the B part. He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners. And look what he says next. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. How do you you purify your heart? How do you rid yourself of double-mindedness? By transforming your physical mind with the word of God. Because your challenge in this life is not your spirit mind. It's been created in the similitude and the likeness of God. It is your natural, physical, human mind that, that you'll have the battle of agreeing with your spirit mind. Does this help in anybody at all? So single-mindedness brings what? Brings stability. And it is the will of God that in this life that you be stable. What's the word for the night? The word for us tonight is is that we are to trust, have faith in God alone.
We're not trusting God and the world. We're not trusting God and our money. We're not trusting God and our family. For God to have his perfect way in our lives, we are trusting God alone. And so the next time you face a problem, notice I said the next time, because it may not be today, but I guarantee if you continue in this life, you will bump into problems. But when you bump into a situation, when you encounter an obstacle, make a commitment that you are going to trust God alone to get you out of whatever you're facing. And don't be double-minded. Stay in faith. Faith moves God like fear moves the devil. So we're committed to staying in faith. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.